I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the WFNY Cornercast, a podcast that takes an in-depth look at the Cleveland Guardians baseball team and farm system. Presented to you by the WaitingForNextYear.com network of podcasts. Here are Gerbs, Mitch, and Ethan. Hello and welcome to the WFNY Cornercast, brought to you by the Evergreen Podcast Network and part of the Waiting for Next Year community. You will hear this on Friday the 30th, the last day of September. And I'm your host, Joe Gerbs Gerberry alongside Dr. Mitch and Farmer Ethan, the first time in legitimately months. I think it has been actual months, plural, since we've all three been on the podcast together. But uh, we're here now, and, uh, you know, it it couldn't come at a better time because, uh, you know, Will Brennan is up, guys, and Bo Naylor possibly could be next. Uh, And, oh, yeah, the team won the AL Central. Just like we all predicted all those months ago. So, how are you guys doing tonight? I think I'm still in shock a little bit. Just because it's been such a long season. So much has happened. There's been, I, I, I'm going to say the words a lot, but frankly, that's an understatement. To, to process this year with 16 rookie debuts, possibly 17 if Bo comes up and plays at any point against the Royals. To, I, I mean, I think I got to go back and re-listen to our very first podcast, but I think I even picked this team to win 85 and be possibly in the wild card hunt, but for them to be staring possibly 92 wins if they go 4-2 and two against the Royals in the face is absolutely incredible. But in, in the days since they clinched in Texas, I've my thought process has slowly started to shift from how the hell did we get here to, well, why the hell not them? I feel like I have the opposite feeling because it was like, it was so quick. Like it was, they were not really looking like serious division contenders for so long. And then all of a sudden it's like, now it's, they're obviously, they, they went from having a magic number of 13 and being in, you know, one game ahead of two different teams in the division who were predicted to be better to clinching the division in like two weeks it just went by so fast. It's like, you know, I'm in med school and I'm busy, like, and I have busier weeks and lighter weeks. So like one busy week goes by and it's like, they go from magic number of 13 to clinching. Like that is absolutely nuts. Yeah. The, the Sunday, Sunday magic number of 13 to next Sunday clinching was just an absolute shock of a week. Uh, there's, I don't think, I don't think anybody could have predicted, uh, this. And if you go on Twitter, uh, people will yell at you if you say that you did or did not project it. I don't know idea, but Twitter just yells at you now. I think that's just how that works. Uh, 
That's what that app does. I think it always has games. Well, you know. It's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> there you go. It's, I, I always enjoy that saying. It's a feature, not a bug. But yeah, uh, No one's there to make friends. Yeah, no. I wouldn't have found you guys had I had Twitter not existed. So I I, I shoot away that uh, not a we wouldn't be able to find friends there. But yeah, this is it's not it's not what Twitter's for. Twitter's for fighting now, and that's what it's uh, devolved into. But anyway, that's a whole different pot of things that we didn't need to bring up. But yeah, <laughs> uh, there was a um, I, there were so many stretches this year where there was, you know, like four and five game losing streaks, but just the, the way that the team has come on at, at the end of the season since almost since September started, because uh, they right at the beginning of the month, they had the, a five game losing streak and then they played the Royals and got right kind of basically. And, and ever since then, that's it, they've been on this tear where I think they've lost three of 22 or something like that. It's some weirdness that they've had, but yeah, it's, it's, they have really uh, turned a corner and, and got hot at the right time. So. Yeah. And I, uh, I have pulled up oftentimes just a little behind the scenes. I know people love when you uh, go behind the, the scenes and podcasts, but I always pull up like the full season stats for pitching and hitting. And then I pull up a split of my choosing in the middle of the season. It's usually just like the last week, but like now we've got interesting things to, to look back on. So September 9th was the first game of the series with the first uh, sweep um, of the twins this this month. And the best hitters have been Steven Kwan, Miles Straw, Andres Jimenez. Uh, that's exactly like the kind of guys that nationally people love. Uh, right, like said, just like we drew it up, you know, Miles Straw leading the way. <laughs> Miles Straw. I mean, we can get into the, some of the stats later, but he's just been. I don't. I'm. I'm kind of going freestyle right now, but Miles Straw just been incredible. Like, I think we should talk about. Like, I don't think enough is being made of the fact that he was just terrible for three months and now is like absolutely killing it. Like, he is Miles Straw epitomized right now. Not striking out, walking, playing amazing defense. It's like the, the guy had a negative forty-two WRC plus last last month. Yeah, and, and all of a sudden uh, it's it's back. And he's like one of the most important guardians of the year offensively, because this is the most important time of the season, and he has come alive. Right, it's just hard to believe. Ethan, before we get to our breaking tea uh, tease, I guess this is what this is. Breaking tea tease. Uh, do you have anything else uh, about the uh, the the uh, where we've come and where we are now? I think Terry Francona should be a lock for the American League Manager of the Year. I'll say that much. Yeah, I don't know who else would be ahead of him because I don't know the Yankees kind of. I mean, aside from the judge thing, they kind of fell apart a little bit. I don't really know. Same with the Mariners and Servias. Right. I say, would you say it's? I don't. Even, truly, I don't. I don't remember managers as well. Who is the manager in uh, Dusty Baker still in Houston? Right. Yes, but I don't really think you can give manager of the year to 
a team that was built to do what they do when he just got the job done. Terry Francona inherited 16 rookies and said, yeah, we're going to go win a division as the youngest team in baseball. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't know if there's really anybody else that could really make the argument because everybody's either behind them then, or, you know, the Mariners, maybe. I don't even know who the man- Mariners manager is. It's yeah, um, they've fallen apart in the end of the year. It's uh, Scott Service. Huh? People have sure. been talking about him. People, I would say, him and Brandon Hyde have been the people people have been talking about. Gotcha. Yeah, for the, oh, yeah. the Orioles. I'm, I'm good with Frank kind of being the the manager of the year. Sure, why not? Yeah. So I think he should be. I'm completely with you, Ethan. He's. Um, yeah. I mean, this has been. The most surprising, well, or the Orioles. I think you can make a good argument that the Orioles are pretty surprising too. But like, Guardians made the playoffs and won their division. Like, you can't say that right. about you, can you? Baltimore. Like Baltimore's not even necessarily in the playoffs, so probably not. Right. But so. Guardians it's actually did them a favor, knocking off the Rays tonight. I think it kept their season alive for another another yes. game. Yes. And if you too believe that uh, Terry Francona should be the AL Manager of the Year. And you can go to breakingtea.com backslash WFNY and you can find a uh, Trust in Tito shirt uh, and grab that from our Cleveland collection at breakingtea.com. Uh, also, uh, I'll, I will give all credit to Ethan here for this one. Uh, you can also find the Night Night uh, Andres Jimenez shirt uh, because we put the division to bed. That's a that's an Ethan one-liner that I wrote on the uh, list, and I want to make sure that he got credit for it. So, yeah, breakingtea.com backslash WFNY. It'll take you straight to the Cleveland collection of T-shirts out there. Um, tons of Guardian stuff to get ready for the postseason run. Um, they're starting to filter in some Brown stuff as well and Cavs uh, as that uh, season is quickly approaching as well. So check out breakingtea dot com backslash w f n y so uh as i said we'll, we will get to the playoffs in a little bit let's uh i, I want to finish up just uh, a couple things about the the season uh the minor league season is over um so this last week that they have um it is only going to be with the big club that is basically why bo naylor is on the taxi squad currently um in, a, in addition to, you know, possibly being called up before the season and into the playoffs. But uh, the minor league season is over. And uh, the Guardians affiliates, that's AAA through low A, uh, had the third best winning percentage um, behind Detroit and Tampa Bay. So it was a, a pretty good minor league season. Ethan, you are our farm report guy, our farmer, tending his crops. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the... Uh, the farm system and, and how well they performed. So winning in small sample sizes is obviously great for a farm system. It usually signifies that you've got something going on, but when you win at a sustained rate over a span of seasons, you're doing something right from a drafting and development standpoint. The Rays are kings of this. I think this is the third year in a row that they've led all minor leagues in winning percentages an entire organization 
and look how that's translated to their major leagues. A team with a small payroll, with a great analytics department that identifies talent and turns it into competitive major league baseball. Cleveland starting to be on that same level in terms of their year in year out performance in the minors. And it's translating across all levels. It's a beautiful sign for the health and future of this organization. And it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Lynchburg, the low A affiliate made the playoffs. The high A affiliate, the Lake County captains made their championship series. They unfortunately dropped that series. It's a best of three. They made it to game three, but they could not bring it home in classic park. But it, it, it signifies that Cleveland's doing things very, very well behind the scenes. And it's going to keep translating to the major leagues. And you've seen it this year with Stephen Kwan turning into, for all intents and purposes, the veteran among rookies. He made the opening day roster. A lot of the guys that have come up this year and performed and played with him are guys that signed or were drafted around the same time he was. They played together all through the minors, and now they're rallying together to bring back an old Cleveland hashtag in the majors, and it won us a division. Great callback. <laughs> Rally together. Love a, love uh, a callback. Yeah, I um, I want to echo something that you said about and like I yeah, I had a few thoughts when you were talking. Um, one was you mentioned Stephen Kwan, um, being the veteran guy but like a year like the season before uh Stephen like this year 2021 is like when Stephen Kwan kind of became a prospect you know that's really cool because like they have a top-ranked farm system right now but they also have this ability to just like conjure guys it seems like Oscar Gonzalez was not a prospect and then all of a sudden it's like oh look at that Oscar Gonzalez is a 20% above average major league hitter crazy um and, and the reason I say that is because, you know, it does seem like they've hit this like bump of uh, position player talent that is like in AAA now and is like coming up. And then there's like a little bit of a lull. I'm not sure how much that matters because it's like they have so much up right now. It's like, how much more do you need like immediately? Probably not that much. Um, but the pitching factory, it just like lives on, it seems like. I mean, who who are some breakout guys this year? We got Tanner Bybee. I mean, like, it was like, what? Was he a fifth-round draft pick, an eighth-round draft pick, something like that? Now he's just incredible. Hunter um, Gattis surprised a lot of people this season in the minors. Nice, yeah. He, he um, unfortunately did not surprise any of the White Sox hitters. <laughs> they knew it Speaking was of things you don't want to say on Twitter that will get you yelled at, <laughs> Hunter Gattis uh, is who I mean, shall not be named. Logan Allen is, like, a top prospect at this point and this was like you know i would say he hasn't had the greatest season in triple a but that is fine sometimes triple a takes some adjustments to he led the organization in strikeouts this season 177 yeah. i would not have called him a prospect like last year like a really good prospect but right he is and like i don't know it just i and of course there's you know gavin williams who was like first round draft pick but who knows you can't predict these things and he was incredible um and this doesn't even the, include the guys like, lives Yeah, and this doesn't even include top end prospects like Daniel Espino, who's missed most yes. of the year with an injury, but people were very thrilled by when he was healthy. This doesn't include Joey Cantillo, who had an electric season when he was healthy, but was injured a lot. And then there's guys that are climbing into the low A ranks like Jack Leftwich and Will Dion that are turning. Rodney Boone. In a, 
Robbie uh, Boone's another one. Nikhazy's coming up. Is he in Akron now? Doug Nikhazy did uh, make two starts in Akron to end the year. So you yeah. do have Doug Nikhazy climbing the Davis ranks Sharp. Davis Sharp's an interesting one. Uh, there's there's tons of them. Like Josh Wolf, one of the guys they got from um, the Mets in the Lindor trade. Like he's another guy who could be something. Um, it's crazy. Like the like they are. We've been talking about consolidation trades for a long, long time. It feels like, and they've never really made one. But it feels inevitable at some point. They have to be like trade prospects for big league stars. It has to happen. With the window the way it is, yeah, yeah, they're they're slowly turning into smog, sitting on their pile of of gold. It does seem that way, and when your major league team is that good, like you really do have to supplement it. Like I'm not saying they need to sell the farm. They've got Fangraphs ranks them as the number two prospect in, or sorry, the number two farm system in major league baseball. Nice. Like. They're definitively, the arguably, a top three farm in baseball. And they won the division this year. Hold on. Definitively, like, argue, arguably. You heard me. Arguably. You heard me. You heard me. <laughs> you can they, definitely make the argument. That you can make the like, argument that they could be first, second, or third, but you cannot make the argument that they should be lower than any of those places. Mm, sure. All right. Definitively. Okay, now I understand what you're trying to say. Okay, now we got. We Look, use. I'm not curves. sure those words work together in that way. We use the words to help now. us get there. We did it. Curves. Last time I was on, because I missed last week, I said the people don't come here because we're competent, <laughs> and I am just here <laughs> they, to be a man of my word. They come here for your. Or they are. They come here for your Smauga reference. That was great. I appreciated that. Trenton Denholm. He struck out 25% of hitters in A-ball this keep, year. We can keep naming names, but it's going to start just turning into year 2037 of, Ma- of, of yes. Madden, Madden Dynasty. Ethan Hankins, Ethan Hankins was a first-round pick. He had Ethan Hankins, John surgery last year. Ethan Hankins is a name I, is a player I've actually watched in person. So that's a, that's a name go. I actually recognized. So like, I am not named, that like, <laughs> Man, I've never seen both of you in the same place. So. <laughs> We'll have to. I will. We'll have to ask Lada if he, if Ethan Hankins is also a farmer. Uh, oh, just do. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh, let's see. Let's see where he's from. Um, Ethan right Hankins, up. as you remember, first round draft pick, got Tommy John surgery. He actually made one appearance at Complex Baseball this year. And this is me vamping to try and figure out where he's from. He's from Cumming, Georgia. Um, Probably not. No, it doesn't seem super. It's a suburban city. Yeah, yeah. probably not too no, many farms there. No, not not farming out in uh, out there. So, all right, we'll let you up this time, Bruce Wayne. Anyway, all right. Farm system's awesome. Farm system is great, yeah. and it's fantastic. So, and the major league team's also awesome. Yes, and, so, and they're and they're so awesome that they made the playoffs. So uh, this year. Uh, the playoffs are going to look different. Uh, there have been additions to the playoffs. So um, I want to go over the format of what the playoffs are like uh, in case those are uninformed about what those uh, changes are. The new format is that this uh, the Guardians are insured of the three seed, um, which means that they are going to host the wild card round. Uh, 
all three, there's three games in the series. All of them are at home for Cleveland and they are against the lowest seed of the wild card teams of which there are three. Uh, so number one and number two, New York and the Yankees and Houston have the buys in uh, the AL while Cleveland faces currently, I believe they said it's still the Rays, but um, it could be Seattle. Um, but um, the, the ALDS is a five-game series, and the seven uh, seven-game ALCS, and then the World Series, obviously, is a seven-game as well. So uh, Cleveland uh, only needs to win two out of the three in the wild card to advance. Um, so that would mean, obviously, your three starters. They, I think, they've all but assured that it's going to be uh, Bieber, uh, Shane Bieber, and then Tristan McKenzie, and then. Um, there was word on the um, broadcast today that Tom Hamilton said Aaron Savale will not be part of the wild card roster, that it actually will be uh, Cal Quantrill that starts that third game. Um, Savale just, he's not going to come out of the bullpen. Um, he still doesn't play that way, so it makes sense. Uh, and Cal will be the third starter. Um, he's been the most effective player, or most effective pitcher, um, third most at least. Um so Savali will be left off. That leaves the, the roster construction a little different. So what do you guys think about, one, playing three games at home, possibly three games at home, at least a minimum of two? Um, and then what do you think of uh, Bieber, McKenzie, and Quantrill before we get into roster um, manipulation? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, first, guy, first my first question is, are either you going to try and go to a game? Oh, I would love to try, but I don't think that I'm uh, there with time-wise and other things. So That's fair. Just curious. Ethan, you going to drive up? Unfortunately, not in the cards for me right now. I've got a bunch on the table. But That's I fair. I was just curious. I will be watching. I'm going to try and go, I think. Nice. Um, uh, yeah. I've got a, an exam on Friday, so I can just, like, zoom, zoom out after the exam and try and catch Good a game number. or two. Um, so yeah, I'm really pumped. Like, can't wait. The, um, it's really convenient to have three home games, like guaranteed. Well, two home games guaranteed. And then at least two guaranteed. Yeah. At least two, actually, hopefully only the two from this this round, but it is cool to guarantee two playoff games. Um, that's really, really fun. Um, do you guys have any preferences of who you're playing or who, who, who the guardians are going to play? Um, I know that's been a, classic topic of conversation these days i'm going with the rays just because you've just now beat them in what should have been you know games where you are not playing any of your players uh you took two out of three of them in a series at home so um there's a little bit of that um the seattle rotation is the most worrisome for me i don't really like the idea of having to try to beat Luis Castillo, Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, and possibly George Kirby. So as a piggyback, but um, 
you know, Bieber and McKenzie, those are those are two big name starters out there. And and Quantrill hasn't uh, was it forty three starts I saw straight at home without a loss. So, you know, I mean, those are some pretty good numbers that are backing up Cleveland as well. So. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, regarding the teams, I mean, none of them are playing well right now. So it kind of feels like, eh, we're playing well. They're kind of not playing well. Like, hopefully it works out. It might not. But, like, I'm not sure I have super, super strong feelings about it. Um, yeah, I mean, the Blue Jays have a terrible defense, which could play to our advantage, I guess. Um I think yeah. they've already clinched uh, the top wild card seed, so they will host oh, the the higher of the other wild card seed. So uh, mm-hmm. for Cleveland, it's between Seattle or Tampa Bay, or possibly if Baltimore sneaks in over one of them somehow, because they are not mathematically eliminated. Hmm. Hmm. I didn't realize Blue Jays had clinched, but regardless, yeah, it doesn't really matter. They're all playing badly. Uh, that's my opinion, um, but. It is scary because Seattle played really well against the Guardians and the Guardians played really poorly against them. So I understand like that hesitance too. Um, not even even if it's not conscience conscious, I feel that. It's just right. like it's just not fun to think back to those games. Yeah. But it's one of those things where Cleveland's a lot this season has proved that momentum can flip in an instant which is I could sit here and say I'd be comfortable facing Tampa Bay with a, you know, not fully stretched out Tyler Glasnow having two starts under his belt uh, on a playoff roster. They're going to be without probably Shane McClanahan. Uh, you know, he pitched recently. I'm, I think he's still I, pitching. I believe he may have just been activated, but I thought he was on the IL again. But regardless, I mean, Cleveland, yes, they just took two out of three of them from them. They were low-scoring affairs, and that's what happens when you clinch a division. You can put out five, six rookie starters and get some guys some playing time down the stretch. So that gives you a little bit of hope, but also at the same time, you didn't really face them at their best, and everything changes once it's everybody's backs are against the wall. Right. Yeah, McClanahan pitched on the 15th, 20th, and 25th. So he's had three starts since being activated. He got rocked at Toronto last time out. Yes, he pitched five innings. I mean, he gave up four runs. But that's rocked for Shane McClanahan. He's very good. He's he's given up nine runs in his last ten innings. Mm, Maybe we do want to play him. Maybe maybe you can just put McClanahan out there. That's fine. I'm good with that. Yeah, just let him go. Let me eat. Right. Um, no, I, I'm not sure. Like, it's just one of those things where it's like things – it's hard to predict. I think all these teams are kind of flawed. None of them For are sure. favorites to move that far. And the playoffs so. are such a random number generator. You know, it's it's so hard to predict what's going to happen in the playoffs just because there's so much variance in, in such short games and, and series yeah. that you, you know – all you have to do is win two. All you have to do is win three. All you have to do is win four. Like, you know, it's it's hard to do, but it's also what's what Cleveland's been doing. So, you know, it, it's right. keep the keep the big mo, I guess. And like, yeah, I mean every everything that comes from here on out is kind of gravy because of what you're saying. Like Oh yeah. It's like what what we've seen this year, 
I mean, I think there are some things that could be fluky still, but like this is clearly like a good team going forward and has a chance to continue to improve a lot. Um, but everything, yeah, but everything else is kind of gravy because like we've already gone past our wildest imagination for the season. Like, right. Bring on, bring on whoever is my point. Like, yes. let's go, let's go through like you know, Seattle, then New York, then Houston, and then LA. Let's do it. Win it all. Who cares? At the end, like, at the end of the day, it really comes down to, I really don't think there's any team out there that wants to play Cleveland because they find ways to badger and harass good pitching staffs. They drive up pitch counts quickly. They get on base, whether they score or not, they're almost always threatening something. It feels like, and Oh, by the way, since the all-star break, the pitching has been absolutely lights out. Yeah. So it feels like they could go the distance and win or lose every game two to one, three to two, but they will annoy the absolute hell out of you the entire way. I'm, yeah, that's that's basically it. The the their offense, the way it is, is both killer and harder in a, in these in this postseason because it they don't have that masher who can like go out and get you one run with a swing. You know, all their runs kind of have to be manufactured with two or three hits. You know, and they have to go a couple guys deep in an inning. There's not just the like. You know, Jordan Alvarez says who are up there and all, you know, one one walk and one bad pitch and you're down 2-0. You know, like that's, that doesn't happen for Cleveland that way. But Any guy um, that hits a home run for the Guardians in this postseason not named Jose Ramirez is going to have the same momentum swing as Rajay Davis in Game 7 because they I, just don't I, hit the long ball. It, it's right. what it's going to be. I'm so, I, There is burgeoning power hitting uh, Stephen Kwan that uh, I like to ah. Tease, uh, tease Mitch with, but you know. I mean, hey, Stephen Kwan is going to hit twenty home runs at least once in his career. I, that is my Ooh. prediction. Yep, a, you heard that's it. A, that's a big. Oh, I almost want to take a bet on that, but I don't want to. Uh, yes, bet against Stephen be, Kwan. I don't want to. I don't, don't want to bet against Stephen Kwan because if there's a guy who would figure out how to hit twenty home runs while still also making contact at like a ninety percent clip, it would be Stephen Kwan. So I don't, uh, I don't, I don't want to cut him out, but don't believe in him. He needs, <laughs> he, he used the fuel. That's right. what he needs to hit 20 home runs. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on from this. Where can, I start... I, can I make a serious point real quick? You sure can. Yeah. No, I think I will say like, there are a few guys on this team that can go through and hit homers in bunches. Occasionally we've seen Oscar Gonzalez and Josh Naylor both do that. Um, and Andres Jimenez, like they have power. It's just like they're they're they have a lot of hitters who don't have any power. But they, yes. you know, if if Josh Naylor absolutely wrecked the Yankees two years ago, remember that? that That's was, very true. That was like one of the best like two game stretches I've ever seen anyone play. Yeah, I mean, that was. So I don't know. Maybe that's in the cards. That'd be pretty cool. That would be. So let's talk about the back end of the roster um, as. The team is getting closer. Obviously, there is just the Kansas City, the six-game series against Kansas City at home, um, which is one of the weirdest scheduling quirks I've ever seen in my life. Um, but uh, the roster will have to be cut down to 26 players. It currently still is at 28. That means that uh, at least a pitcher has to be cut off the roster, I believe. Um, and then uh, Zach Plezak is going to be activated 
for a start on Saturday. Um, so already somebody is going to have to go down for him. Um, and as I said at the top, Bo Naylor is on a taxi squad. The team is trying to figure out if they want to carry three catchers through at least the wild card round, um, if not further into the playoffs. So um, there are some quirks with the roster. Uh, Ethan and I have talked about it. And we've talked about it in our Discord. Um, the team is allowed to carry Will Brennan or Bo Naylor on the postseason roster. They are not able to carry both of them because of a quirk within the within the uh, the rules. Um, because Anthony Goes is on the 60-man uh, IL, the, the organization is allowed to petition the, um, the league to allow one of those players to take his place. Um, but because there is nobody else that is even on the IL and Plezak is already going to be activated, literally the organization has nobody else injured right now. Um, so there's nobody that can go on the 60 to make a spot, meaning that Bo Naylor either, either Plezak is going to break his hand again, I don't know, and go on a 60, or um, somebody is going to be cut, you know, DFA'd for Bo to be uh, put on the roster. If that does, that means that, you know, if that if that's the case, then Will Brennan's not there. Um, so what do you guys think will be the course of action for the, the back end of this roster? Um, do you think it will be Will Brennan who has who's played – decently um he's playing cleveland style baseball um and seems to be a better they seem to like his defense in the outfield better than oscar gonzalez's um or do you think that they're going to pull the trigger and carry a third catcher with bo naylor um on the uh, on the roster so i do think the team finds a way to put bo naylor on the roster to at least get him some seasoning against kansas city and to give hedges and Maley a day or two off their knees before the postseason starts i really think that that's going to be a move that gets done and we'll likely find out that move tomorrow if i had to guess but i think we also got the nail in the will benson coffin this afternoon when the lineup card was released and gabriel arias was playing first base which is something that they were experimenting with Benson in AAA before he got called up just because the outfield, and I can't believe I'm saying these words about a Cleveland baseball team, the outfield was crowded. But the fact that Will Brennan has been added to the 40-man roster, he's been called up and he's been a near everyday player since then, and Gabriel Arias is up, and Gabriel Arias played first base, I really think Brennan's going to be the guy that gets the nod to be the back-end position player that gets added for the postseason. Yeah, no, um, I agree. They're not going to, like, have Bo Naylor play, like, four major league games and then play in the playoffs. It seems unlikely. Um, I'm not I, – I don't think I've revealed this publicly yet, but I'm not the biggest Will Brennan believer. Um, I, uh, I don't think he's got, like, amazing tools. I think, like, he knows how to play baseball and he's a gamer and, like, that's cool. I think he's a major league player. But I think he actually, in this role, makes a lot of sense as, like, kind of the backup, uh, like, fourth outfielder who can play all three positions and, like, doesn't strike out much, like, makes tough at bats, slaps the ball around. Um, You know, that's not a bad guy to have as your fourth outfielder. I mean, I think we can say, even though he's probably not the defender that this guy is, he's he's much more – it's much more pleasant to watch him than it is to watch Bradley Zimmer. Um, 
So, um, yeah, I mean, even though he is a flawed player, in my opinion, like he is a good fourth outfielder, whereas Bradley Zimmer, it was like 40% strikeouts, like almost no offense and like good defense, better than Brennan, but not like, you know, it's not like Brennan's terrible and he's not good defense. Yeah, not like he's not like he's Miles Straw and Will Brennan is Oscar Gonzalez. Like, they're not that far off. No. So, yeah. But I think Brennan also gives this team the most lineup flexibility because carrying him as the fourth outfielder and not being overly worried about his bat because he's another contact-first kind of guy, it gives the team the flexibility to DH Oscar Gonzalez and put Josh Naylor at first base so you can have all of your best weapons in one lineup should the matchup dictate it. That is true. Um, yeah, it depends how much they want to play the platoon game too because we do, we do know we do know that Terry Francona loves to do that. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, he's, a, he's definitely a useful player and it seems like it's good that um, – you know, there is more utility there than I think it would be for Bo Naylor. And I think, like, I kind of get worried about, you know, debuting guys in the playoffs, really. I think that's – it's kind of like a flex almost. It's like the the front office and the organization being like, hey, look what we can do. Like, you remember when we won the division with a bunch of young guys? Well, here's a young guy we didn't use. And, oh, yeah, he's, like, our best prospect, and he, he's not our best prospect. But one of our best prospects, and he's 25% above average, and he catches – we didn't use him at all this year. Like, just wait. Like, next five years are going to be hell for you guys. That's an no, awesome flex. I, I'm sorry. Like did, did your catcher hit 20 home runs and steal 20 bases? I, I didn't just think say, so. He went 20-20 in the minors. Yeah. Right. So, like, it's that would be really fun. I don't see it happening. Like, Will Brennan is a player that, like, makes sense as a bat. Sometimes I think, like, they don't want to use prospects they care deeply about as back of their, like, roster players no because they like that's a that's a legit thing they 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 much rather have them play everyday at bats that's what they've uh Meisel, uh zach has mentioned that's why they didn't have will brennan up sooner is because there just wasn't a spot for him and until uh rosters expanded and columbus started like getting close to the end of their year um that's when they started realizing figuring out that like okay you guys gonna you know we can put Brennan up here in in Cleveland and get him out of Columbus, but they wanted him to have those everyday at bats in AAA. So, right and like similarly, it's like if they just cared about like marginal gains in every game, like just slightly better odds of winning each game, like George Valera would be better in this role than Will Brennan. Like that's right. very very obviously the case. Like in fact, George Valera would probably be better in the role than like. Oscar Gonzalez, like, or he could be. Nah, that's a stretch. I take back probably. He could be better than that. Um, point is, is like, they're not going to do that because they want George Valera to be a AAA star and then be a major league star um, and, you know, just wreck pitchers the whole time. Um, well, Brennan's not that guy, and it's fine. Like, I, I think he's a good for what he is. Yeah, um, for sure. But Bo Naylor, um, very exciting. It is exciting that he's uh, that he's with the squad, that he's in a locker room, um, and that he uh, it appears as though um, Ethan was actually mentioning that even if they are not on the roster, uh, he actually would be able to be in the clubhouse. So um, I think that's a good use of him being around 
<coughs> Excuse me. Um, so what do you guys think about the bullpen? Um, with the wild card being three three games only, um, and Bieber, McKenzie, and Quantrill starting those three, um, no Aaron Savale allows you to have Zach Plesak in that in that piggyback role. Um, also allows you to probably keep Cody Morris. Um, we didn't talk about what the forty man roster move would be for Bo, but all signs point to like Kirk McCarty being DFA'd or um, something along those lines. Um, but what do you guys think the bullpen? Uh, Mitch, I'll ask you. What do you think the bullpen looks like for this wild card uh, round? Yeah, no, I think. Yeah, so first of all, I agree with the choice to um, like you know sit Savali for these for this series. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, having more bullpen options is better in these situations, right? Um, I think I don't. I just want to amend something quickly that Gerb said. I don't think they have to cut. Kirk McCarty, they can just uh, option him. Um, although, if they make a 40-man move, I take that back. If they're making a 40-man move, then they would have to DFA someone. So yeah, that's just for Bo Naylor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I haven't thought that much about who they would DFA for, um, for Bo Naylor. I'd have to think about that a little more. But regarding this playoff series, they've got so much to choose from. Uh, both Morris and Plesak are guys who can give you multiple innings. And so like, that is very useful. And McC- uh, McCarty, if he makes it for that matter, um, they are all guys who can give you multiple innings in the case of blowout. Maybe you'd go with Morris or Plesak when it's a blowout in the guardian's favor and McCarty when it's a blowout in the opposing team's favor. Um, but I think having those long guys in the bullpen is really valuable. So you can save your high leverage guys um, for the games where they're actually needed. Um yeah, so that's three three long guys right there. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the top of the bullpen is going to be who it's always been. Class A, Stefan, Henches, De Los Santos, Karen Jack, Sandlin. Um, yeah, it, it, I only named 12 guys. I only named 12 pitchers right there. And, um, yeah, they can carry more. They can carry one more than that. Um, yeah, this is this is awesome. Um they have such a deep bullpen. They have a wealth of starters that they can use in extended bullpen roles. Um, they've got lots of flexibility. It's great. I But I really don't know who they're going to DFA for um, Naylor. I think that's a really interesting question. I'd have to think about it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I really think no matter how you slice it, McCarty's the odd man looking out here. Whether that's just for a spot on the wildcard roster or... Uh, potentially adding Bo Naylor, even if it's just for six games against the Royals. He's been, and I, I gave him a lot of credit last time out, he's really thrived in that piggyback role, either when it was Shaw starting or when Cody was up and stretching out for the first time with the Guardians. He had been absolutely phenomenal, but those appearances have been so stretched out and so few and far between that 
I worry about putting him in a even remotely leveraged situation in the postseason. And I'm still waiting on a club official to confirm it, but if what Tom, Hamil- Tom Hamilton said tonight is true, that Savali is being left off the wildcard roster in favor of Zach Plezak, who will likely be in the bullpen. And with Cody Morris, who frankly I trust more than both of those guys right now, it's just redundant to carry Kirk McCarty. The goal would not yeah. need to be the goal would to be you don't need three long men in a three game wild card series. Right. You yeah, would you want are, to be because you are able to make roster moves if you advance. Yes. Yes. So you're we can able change to pull between rounds. Off. Right. So I, I think no matter how you slice it, whether he stays with the team or he is DFA'd for Bo Naylor, I think Kirk McCarty is the guy who's just kind of on the outside looking in right now. Yeah, I know you're probably right about that. Um, yeah, he just, yeah, as, as cool as it has been to see him thrive in some situations, that 15 inning game against Minnesota is like a highlight of the season for sure. I, I uh, give him yeah, all the credit yeah. in the world. I, you know, I, I honestly wish he was getting married and the, the fan base could come together all la Ryan Merritt in 2016 and pay for his entire registry. Like he could has he been get, very valuable. Could he get family leave and not get DFA? That'd be pretty <laughs> funny. I don't think FMLA works that way. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think so. It's worth asking. Yeah, I mean, like, like a paternity leave. I guess guys don't go off the forty man during a paternity. It's a bereavement leave. doesn't it keeps yeah. you on the forty man, but not the twenty. They really should. They really should. I think we should. Uh, we should try and like protest that to MLB that they should. You should be able to replace someone on the forty man for those three game. Sure. And and yeah, that's silly. Never mind. They uh. <laughs> They're not going to start someone's service clock for three games like that and then DFA them. Regardless. I guess for no, for the for the COVID games, they could bring guys up off the 40 man temporarily and then you could only be you you, only if you were replacing somebody on the COVID IL, not right. uh, So that's what they should do for bereavement and paternity. Right. Well, now 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 you have my tinfoil hat worrying because (laughs) maybe. On October 5th, after the last game against the Royals, and they set the playoff roster, maybe magically somebody has COVID, and you can bring in somebody from off the 40-man. Maybe Bo Naylor, who's just chilling on the taxi squad and in the dugout, just happens to put on some catching gear and says, you know, I'm here. Maybe I can do this. I love it. Can you imagine, like, the Guardians pay for, like, the players that they want to get covid I used to air quotes there for the listeners. They pay for players to want who want to get COVID. Like, they go to concerts. They go to crowded concerts. They like you know travel a lot, and then it'd be oh, a very big. Yes, we got to add Bo Naylor. It'd be a very big departure from uh, two years ago when Mike Clevenger basically got traded away because he went out during the pandemic. But you know, and he sold yeah. Zach, please Zach. No, <laughs> right. I got. We're obviously joking. They're obviously yes, never this is all just jokes. They're not. Oh, don't put words in my mouth. I'm 100% serious. We've gone off the rails. All because I lost the water bottle that I had, and I was trying to find it, and I did not have my headphones on. Well, I feel like what happened was we've done two-man podcasts for so long. It's very that, true. Like, we that those are more conversational, whereas the three man podcast yes. in the back were more like interview style. And that's right. I think the conversational three man's totally fine. We just got to adjust the style. A little bit. Absolutely, I'm not. I, it's 
I, I get in like traffic cop mode when it's the three of us and it's like, hey, so Mitch, what do you think about the thing I just said? Ethan, right. do you or- have anything to add in? And then it's, you know, we're not bringing up Derek Jeter or uh, Lord of the Rings like we used to, you know? Right. But we're not used to that because it hasn't been the three of us for so long. Right. Yeah. Did I not make a Lord of the Rings reference like 20 minutes you ago? You did. We just, okay. right. Mitch, and I, Mitch and I had an actual like five minute thing on Lord of the Rings. So it was not just a like Smaug is on a horde. Like that's, that was just your, that was all your reference was. Great reference. Like it was a great reference. reference. It was a fantastic <laughs> reference. <laughs> no. Um, should we, should we try and get this thing back on track? Sure. So you think Will Benson's gone? Win. You think Will Benson's gone? I think yeah. Will Benson has to be the one to move down for Bo. I well, I, I think he's the one that's off the playoff roster hitter-wise. I, I uh, think Benson's okay. the guy off the playoff roster if they're going to carry Arias. I think yes. McCarty is the guy if they're going to bring up Bo Naylor. Because yeah. he well, would be if they the, bring up the Bo Naylor, they have to DFA someone, whereas yeah. for the playoff games, they have to remove two players from the active roster, right? Yeah. Right. So I, think I agree. Benson would find himself on the taxi squad because an injury could happen and you may still need him. But I, right. I really think he will be left off the wildcard roster after the events of today shook out. Well, well, the thing is, is if they bring Bo Naylor up on the 40 man, he is ineligible. Assuming Will Brennan plays, which I think he will. Right. Uh, he is ineligible. So he is the position player guy who won't get called up because he's the guy right. on the 28-man roster won't be on the 26-man roster. And then they'd have to do a pitcher as well because I think they can only have 13. So, Which is why we're waiting on a team official because if Tom Hamilton is to be believed, the team is, and I put very, very strong air quotes around this, heavily considering Bo Naylor, which I assume only means giving Goza's roster spot to him over Brennan. Let the listener know. be aware that he did not use air quotes. <laughs> Did, there were no. I thought you were a were, doctor, not a court reporter. <laughs> there were no. <laughs> Excuse me. Can you read back the last five minutes of what was? Uh... <laughs> he didn't actually do them. He just said he did them. He just he said don't hold, We he don't do live video quotes. anymore. Nobody holds me accountable. He said air quotes. He did not <laughs> actually do the air quotes. Someone has to hold you accountable, Ethan. <laughs> it's not going to be me. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I do. But I do think I do think they like keeping Arius. Honestly, I would leave Owen Miller off almost before I would leave Benson off, but that's not going to happen. They're going to leave TJ Zoop's, want Owen. I need TJ Zuby's like applause soundboard effect right now, just for saying that out loud. Just for leaving just, Owen Miller off. Yeah, um, I, I think the enough. but I think the positional flexibility of Arias that he's literally played everywhere on the infield and left field in the minors recently. Uh, he's like played almost all of that with Cleveland too since he's been up. Right, like I think that locks him into being the guy that's being being the the postseason guy over Benson. I mean, but isn't that Tyler Freeman though too? Like Benson can play all three outfield positions. Like that is something that Aries so can. I'm just so can so can Quan. So can Brennan. Yeah. They're making these guys wow. Swiss Army knives, and it's great. It's a, it's a hundred because you know who else does this? Does it and does it effectively? The Dodgers. Yeah, the Dodgers have everybody play everywhere, and it's it's good. It's smart. It's a hundred percent what you should be doing, especially if you are a mid market 
you know, team like Cleveland that doesn't have the financial ability of the Dodgers. Right. If you have the depth, use it. And also, like, you can't just pigeonhole guys into playing multiple positions. And I think, like, you know, that is – people wanted Ahmed Rosario to play multiple positions. He showed he couldn't, and they can't <laughs> do that with him. And that's – I mean, we don't have to rehash the Ahmed Rosario talks. Um, but <laughs> we don't have time for that, Gerbs. We, uh, we have 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, but, like, they are not just, like – quote like they're not just like cultivating guys and then telling them to play multiple positions, but they have like actually figured out how to like either target those guys who have that ability or teach it in a way that like Ahmed Rosario is, it's uh it's, he's a lost cause at this point. Um, yeah, it's, it's it, anytime you can be compared to the Dodgers um, about how you develop players. Uh, that's good. You want to do that. Yeah. I like the I like the guys that in fantasy have like four different eligibilities, <laughs> and that seems to be what they're uh, what they're doing. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Did did we talk about um, Savali and why we don't think he's a good option for the bullpen? I think that's an interesting topic. What do you we think did that? not. I did just mention that he just wasn't going to be pitching out of the bullpen. I did say. His stuff just doesn't play up, but that's not really a conversation if you want to talk about that. Yeah, it was just an interesting thought because we didn't really finish the bullpen. I think that's like the last interesting topic in the bullpen for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um I, I, mean, I definitely I, I I agree with you. I, I I think that they I think Savali is definitely there if they advance and he gets moved up and um you could see like a Morris or an Eli Morgan going away. You don't need that, lo- that extra long man, and they pr- probably prefer Plezak over Morris. Um, I don't know that I would, but I think the organization would probably feel that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, Savali, I completely agree. His stuff just doesn't seem like it play up because he's so much of a deception guy and a movement guy, and not really right. a, a velo guy. But you know. I, and I guess, like, our intuition is proven by the fact that the organization is agreeing with us by not putting him on the roster, so. Yeah, I'd be more than happy with Savali as a fourth starter for the DS if they manage to make it. And if the wildcard series goes three games, probably your game one starter, just because Bieber, Tristan, and right. Cal need rest. But right. it definitely doesn't play out of the bullpen. We watched that experiment with Josh Tomlin in the later parts of his career here in Cleveland. <laughs> and you, you can look at Savali's numbers. He is a significantly worse pitcher with even just a guy standing on first base. He has been that guy all year long. And the last thing you want to do in a tense game, maybe in extras and you're running out of arms, is throw Savali out there with a ghost runner on second. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think um, – I think time will show that Savali will be fine with runners on first base. Like he was last year. He has, he has always been in his career. I think it's just one of those seasons for him. Um, this year is definitely more of an aberration than it is a, a damnation of who Savali is as a starter. Yeah. But they are humans. And like, even if I don't believe that this is going to be true for him going forward in his career, like, you know, they're humans and, 
they know how it's been this year and and Savali might feel like you know runner on first like I am worse right now and if he feels worse then he will be worse so it's like one of those things where it's like you know it's kind of a self-imposed or a self-fulfilling prophecy sometimes maybe yeah he also like you said his stuff just doesn't play up that way like please able to add a couple miles per hour on his fastball pitching out of the bullpen it, it if Savali is pitching harder it's probably not he's probably not as not more effective well let's not forget Savali threw a, a sinker 113 miles an hour earlier this year according to to Savant so like he's got a little something extra if he just reaches back that's true he's a slacker for not using he that did, much more often. he did also then pull his hamstring his or his gluteus maximus and go on the IL immediately after that. So, hey man, if that's the cost of throwing 113, then you might just have to if it means getting the third out in a playoff series. Yeah, it's worth a loose caboose or two. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, I don't know why that reminded me of the butt punt from Sunday. But the, <laughs> see that Miami game, the Miami yeah, Buffalo the butt game. Punt was, that was incredible. The butt punt was great. Um, imagine if Savali's like stuff actually did play up though. Like imagine if he like, like he threw six pitches and three of them are fastballs and the fastballs are all 95 mile per hour. He'd basically be like Lance Lynn with insane breaking stuff. That would be really, really fun. But I would be down for it. I mean, Savali's last couple of starts since he came back from the IL again have actually been very, very serviceable. It's just that he's not stretched out right now and I still wouldn't want him coming out of the bullpen. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't want to say something controversial with four minutes left in the podcast, but uh, I think if if it was it came down to like every little marginal win, and it wasn't about like you know having faith in players and stuff, but it was just about like oh, what gives us the slightly better winning percentage or the winning odds. I think Savali would be the choice over Quantrill. Personally, I know that's a hot take, um, but no, I get it. I'm okay with that conversation. I, I I was honestly going to have it earlier, but then with the Hamilton stuff that came out, uh, you know, that basically this organization seems to have said Quantrill is the guy for game three if they need it. Um, you know, that's uh, – I I, I, uh, I definitely see the, the the want to have Savali out there. And like Ethan has said, he's, he's been better as of late. Um but uh, I, I think that Quantrill is the better choice, in my opinion. Um, so I'm going to dis- uh, I'm going 43 to games. I'm going to respectfully disagree with you, Mitch. Is what I'm going. I'm to going say. to okay. Like we can. I know. I know we made a bet. I will pay. I I will gladly fulfill my end of the bargain. Um, I would be willing to make another bet, pro Savali, anti Quantrill for next year. Or I would be willing to double down. Like, that is your call. Hey, man, healthy Savali, I might take his side next year. But I still really like Cal more than some other people on this podcast. But I also really like Savali. Our bet this year was not contingent on those two going against each other. (laughs) It was just on Control's performance. We don't have to bring in Savali. I'm willing to do double or nothing next year. (laughs) We can talk about it in spring training. I am so willing to double or nothing. (laughs) This isn't Rolex. I think it's just a case of beer. That's all it is, guys. It, it's. I think we did ten bucks this year, so next year would be for twenty. So like we're. we're I think uh, we should court. get. Uh, I think we should get Marcus Stroman to to put to like give the winner of this bet. Um, 
a Rolex. Yeah, a Rolex. Yeah. Active listener of the podcast, Marcus Stroman. Right. Yes. You can't just friend that. of the friend of the pod. <laughs> yeah. No, I I do call him Stro off the air, to his face. Yeah, I'm not Marcus. Yeah. Not just yelling it into the Twitter void because it's not his Twitter handle. Don't go look that up. Marcus Marcus Stroman uh, like commented or retweeted a a pitching ninja uh, post that I was tagged in maybe a couple of years ago, and like that was the most my Twitter has ever blown up. It was awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I like tweeted at pitching ninja because someone did a weird like timing thing in the ninth inning of a blowout game that I was watching. And he tweeted it out, said hat tip Mitchell. And then Marcus Stroman commented like, oh man, like I got to start doing that. And it was amazing. <laughs> and then he did. <laughs> yeah. Like I am responsible for you, Marcus Stroman. You made career. Marcus Stroman great. <laughs> Actually, I think he's probably been worse since then than he was before. Then, eh. So yeah, no, you know, but that was, yeah. Oh, well. uh, what, uh, what I heard was that Marcus Stroman owes, owes Mitchell Rolex. He I, took pitching advice from me. That's correct. Right. right. Yeah, that sounds like a Rolex. That sounds yeah. like a Rolex. Yeah. Let's win. Get on it, Marcus Stroman. <laughs> <laughs> we are, it is for sure almost 11 o'clock now, and we are at an hour. So, uh, all right, guys. So that is going to be it for us. Um, we will be back next week uh, before the playoffs start so we can actually talk about all the things that we've discussed again tonight and actually have uh, proof that they all happened. So um, we'll figure out our playoff roster at that point and probably do a playoff preview. Uh, there's a day off there. The game start on Friday next week, right? It's Friday. And then yeah. uh, Thursday will be our day off. So probably when we'll record um, for that day. So, um, but yeah, for, uh, for farmer, Ethan, for Dr. Mitch and for myself, you all have a, a great night and uh, go guards coming up on five minute news i'm anthony davis you might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other but it's not it's just the truth and i think that's also something that's kind of unusual for americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.